thinking about driving to the Gold Coast. It was in Ipswich here somewhere. Mm. And I was thinking about driving to the Gold Coast and I was in the worst state. Like, so bad. I ended up getting picked up in Fernvale um, and just, just shaking with fear. Mm. And, uh... Addiction is something we all wrestle with, whether we admit it or not. And yet, to get free of an addiction could be one of the most difficult things we'd ever do in life. And today we speak with Joe, who is addicted to hard drugs. And we hear his story of how he got free. He's been free of drugs for over a year now. And it's such a fascinating story as he shares what helped him. Though it wasn't easy, finally get rid of the drugs. Let's go to the interview with Joe now. I've known you a short time, Joe, and you seem like somebody that's, you know, pretty uh, happy and at peace with life. Mm -hmm. Have you always been like that? Um, no. Really? <laughs> no. My peace was very conditional. So um, it's evident that in my life from, from a young age till, till now, I uh, was well, not till now, but for a lot of my early years, um, I had to have some sort of substance in, in my system. So whether it was alcohol, drugs or anything like that, um, that was what I was and what I was fighting for and what I needed to be honest um, as time went on It got bad the true nature the true um, Nature of drugs and what's behind it the darkness behind it started to reveal itself And it wasn't until I was fully addicted that it started to reveal itself and that's the trap the trap is you know It gives you peace. It gives you joy. It gives you It gives you what you think you need and um, and you be, you're a functioning addict, but eventually it catches up with you and um, and it doesn't it doesn't have its full effect until you are so addicted that even when it's gonna kill you you'll still run to that drug house you'll still run to we mm -hmm. you know and um, yeah that's that's the tr that's the brutal truth behind that so. mm -hmm. where did that that start for you the taking of drugs um well the drugs and alcohol. Uh, 15 was the first time I got drunk at a party, an open house party in Ipswich somewhere. Um, you know, with some friends and that. And then uh, started smoking marijuana when I was 17. First time I got introduced to it was at an 18th and didn't want to do it. I hated it, in fact. And then, influence of others and people around me, I had a go at it and coughed my lungs up and thought I'd never do that again. And then, you know, um, but I had planted a seed. Um, alcohol and drugs in those early years and and it was never bad it was never bad enough to worry about you know you'd have a little bit here and there at a party or you'd have a drink here and there and stuff like that but it was never I was never addicted it was just mm -hmm. something you did and didn't think anything of it mm -hmm. and um, that's how it started mm -hmm. it wasn't until like early 20s I was partying a bit harder with he heavier drugs like cocaine and ecstasy and and I'm um, doing that every weekend and and then you know that was okay because even then I was putting that away but there were signs there that I realized that I was quite dependent and I liked this stuff a bit more than I should mm -hmm. and I knew if I had a, uh, a source to it um, I'll be in trouble yeah. but that was in my subconscious and didn't really worry about it until I hit 25 uh, I was working out west and then I was introduced to the real real heavy drugs I guess like methamphetamine and stuff and and that's when things got really bad mm. Um, really bad. Uh, like I was fully addicted every weekend and then it turned out to be every weekend to every day. What was it that really made you decide I've got to get off these drugs? Um, 
a few things really um uh, realizing that the, it doesn't just hurt you and, and yourself like you, at first you believe that you know you're not hurting anyone and you hear so many people say it and it's true in a way but that's the deception um you know you only you feel like you're only hurting yourself which is true and that's definitely a reason to give it up but the people around you that love you the most they they're the ones that aren't in the addiction like you are and they just see you go through um torment and torture and then it does the same to them so the real reason you want to give up because it's not about self it's about others hmm. and just the pain was so great um that you just don't want to be in that anymore mm -hmm. and 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 you just that's the real reason i wanted to change that's mm -hmm. it and like between you know like in the end i was losing my mind uh full i lost all touch of reality um was in absolute fear the real reason to give up was just because it got to a point where if I kept going, I just I would have ran out in front of a truck, or or um, I would have died spiritually somehow, and mm. and it just the worst outcome would have been. I was so close. I believe I was so close to it. I, I felt like right before last time I went into rehab, uh, I used up all my grace at that time, and I finally had to just make no provision. I had to lock myself away in a rehab, and it was the best thing I ever did. Um, Mm -hmm. and just cut myself off from it all until I could give myself the time I needed to to get the healing and the deliverance and the freedom that's promised mm -hmm. but I just had to give myself that chance and go through the unbearable mm. and that is the hard part but the, the, the truth is it's temporary it's short-term pain for long-term game as someone uh, a friend of mine named Mark Johnson who helped me a lot through it all mm -hmm. he told me that and it's it's so true Mm -hmm. um, but we just and we just got to get that truth out to people out there that you can do it and, we, and it is temporary and, and mm -hmm. um, with the right help you can make it. So. Yeah. What helped you get to that point of getting to rehab? Because I imagine you would have tried on your own. Yeah. Um, definitely. So I did rehab a few times, but before that, yeah, I was I was doing it in my own strength, like white knuckle it pretty much, put it away, and, and like it's evil, it's bad, and it doesn't do you any good. But and and just keep going to work and keep your head above water and and just yeah like that was the theory there that formula for for life was there and it works somewhat but it doesn't go in deep enough for you to make permanent change who did you tell about your drug habit who knew uh well so yeah i definitely hit it um i was always open and honest about a lot of my drug use in the end like i was not afraid in my close family i said i would do certain things on the weekends and i and i was stood firm in it but when I was fully blown addicted and in a bad way, I never, I didn't tell anyone. Mm. Um, the only people who knew were the people that I was getting drugs off and the mm -hmm. people I was hanging out with. So, um, wherever that may have been. And um, so it wasn't until I was so bad that it was evident that there was something majorly wrong. And I was at home one day in my house in the Morgan Vale, and, and Mum just said, "I know, I know what you're doing." And she looked me in the eye and said, "I know that you're on drugs. I know that you're on ice." And then. Um, Somehow along the line, everyone knew, so the, the, it was revealed, and, um, and I tried to give it up in my own strength, and I said I was, they took, it, they took it for granted in the sense that I said I was giving it up, and I did for some time somewhat, but then I would run back to the dealer's house mm. and do it again, and it was, there was no way out. And then it got to a point where mum said, you're going to rehab. <laughs> right. And I said, no, I'm not going. And it was, what came over me when that was said was like, it was just the worst feeling I've ever felt. Yeah. Why was that? I don't know. I guess it was fear. Yeah. Um, and I guess it was, it, it, I guess it was a realization. I didn't know what it was at the time that like, I was in a bad place and I needed some, like, some 
serious help. So in the end, I said, look, I'll do a month. Yeah. And I said, that's it. And I come to agreement of it. And one way or the other, dad drove me up to Harvey Bay for the first time. And it was called Bayside Transformations. Mm-hmm. And I got there and two weeks grace in and then and then and that's when it started. That was a Christian based rehab and that was when I was first introduced to Christians and Jesus as Lord and yeah. and introduced to all that stuff and um, What was your initial impressions of that? Anyone that was say religious at the time, I I was just like you guys are off with the fairies. Like you guys, you know, I was just like this is just silly, you know. Um Mm. Yeah, I was so raw and immature and and all that, and um, I did have an open heart, but not in all ways. Mm. So my first initial thought was, oh, I'm in rebellion to this, and I need to get out of here. Yeah. And I did, and in the wrong way. After a month of being there, I lapsed, and they caught me out, and got mm. kicked out. That I was out in Harvey Bay for two weeks on my own, with a suitcase on the beach, sleeping at night. It was yeah. horrible, but I did it, and um, I. Th- and then, you know, was getting drugs, getting into psychosis, and then ended up back in there. Somehow I tested clean and then did another month and did the same thing, got kicked out again. But in spite of all this, Jesus was doing a massive work. Yeah. And he was entering my heart where I didn't know it. You know, I'd never thought I'd come around to Jesus. Like, I was, I was shockingly bad. Um, Can you but, remember the moment where you started to think, well, maybe this, it, there is something to this? The thing is, when I was on drugs and alcohol, and I was in psychosis and stuff. I discovered a lot of evil, a lot, a lot of the true face of evil. Mm. So we see evil every day in human nature. We see it on the streets. We see it in broken homes. We see it. We see the damage is done, and we know there's evil in the world. But I actually saw in the spiritual realm what's behind that, and what's causing it, what's pulling the strings of the puppets of today, and. Um, I seen that through drugs, and I used to think that I was just mad, and 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 I was in a lot of ways, but I actually saw a lot of stuff because drugs and that connect you into the, into the spirit realm, mm-hmm. and it's the devil's way. It's part of witchcraft and sorcery and stuff like that. And I didn't know that till a later date. You know, I, I did all this stuff before I was educated on what's actually behind it. Mm-hmm. So from that, I discovered a lot of evil. It was definitely when the last before last went to rehab, I had that massive episode, massive psychosis, and I could smell the sulfur of hell in a spiritual realm and I knew I know hell straight down and, and I've, I've experienced a lot of spiritual stuff and um, mm. the realness of it and I and I and I as prayer I was praying to Jesus and I was just save me just help me and mm-hmm. I've done it so many times and and he did I know he heard my prayers mm. and um, yeah and I and I with a little bit of belief a little bit of faith mm. I stepped out and um, he revealed himself to me in many ways and I allowed his truth to enter my heart Mm-hmm. And it's changed me today. And um, yeah, so even though it was a bit of a blur, you were speaking to Jesus during that time. <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew he was real because I had I accepted him. I've been baptized four times, believe it or not. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't. I didn't understand. Had the full understanding of it, but I was just kept trying to submit to him. I'm like, this is it, Jesus. I'm gonna lay my life down, and I'm not gonna do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's not about that. We we make mistakes every day. Um, you know, it's kind of like um, Peter. You know, like I'll never do you wrong. I'll be with you all the time. And he said, he said that when the rooster crows at dawn, you will have denied me three times. And mm. I'm, I'm, I'm a Peter in a lot of ways. I believe that. Yeah. I'll do. I'm, I'm right beside, uh, right next, uh, right next to you, Jesus, and I'll never, I'll never let you down. But it's not about that. We let him down every day. He never lets us down. Mm. And uh, 
I would do a month clean, relapse, do another month clean, relapse. Mm -hmm. And I was praying between in, in all of that. Mm. Um, Tell so, me about the last time you touched drugs. The last time I touched drugs would have been, so I've been home about six months, so nine months before that, about a year ago now. Mm. Oh, and actually, I've got it on my phone here. It is. It was my... I have been 485 days uh, clean and sober to this day. Wow. So the last time I did it, I was, um, as I was explaining before, I was like one or two o'clock in the morning, I was driving home and I was in a massive psychosis, mm -hmm. just screaming in the car driving. I could feel the enemy closing in on me. Um, I was just wrapped in fear, mm -hmm. um, a spiritual fear. And I just, I felt like all my grace had been used up. Like I'm like, if I get out of this, I'm, you know, I didn't think I was going to. Right. And I have had lots of episodes like this. Yeah. I've had so many drug-induced psychosis episodes that you'd think, and then after the first one, you'd think you'd never do it again yeah. because it terrifies you. Yeah. It, and it, but it, it doesn't because it goes away like it never happened, and we go straight back into addiction. Like, yeah. But the last time I did it, I yeah, I remember ringing, ringing up Dad, and I was screaming on the phone, praying, and um, I said, I'm going back to rehab because I finally got to, got to a point where... I checked myself in and I said, I cannot, I can't do this. And I was thinking about driving to the Gold Coast. It was in Ipswich here somewhere. Mm. And I was thinking about driving to the Gold Coast and I was in the worst state, like so bad. I ended up getting picked up in Fernvale um, and just, just shaking with fear. Mm. And um, and I just said, that's it, I've got to go. And then I finally committed and surrendered all mm -hmm. and did nine months in Restore 21 rehab down the Gold Coast. And um, here I am today. So the last time I did it was then, and uh, yeah. and that was that was it. That was the final straw for me. Like mm. I just couldn't do this anymore. Yeah. And, and um, that's how that went down. What's that word surrender mean to you? <laughs> Physically, in my eyes, the first thing that comes to mind is getting on your knees, and 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 this is an act of surrender, mm -hmm. and just surrendering yourself, putting yourself on the on the cross and, and crucifying your flesh. And totally putting yourself aside and allowing God to come in and direct your path in every thought, every word, every action. Because mm -hmm. you get to a point where you, you, you're desolate, mm -hmm. you're bankrupt of what you can do for yourself. Yeah. And, and for a lot of us, well, I speak on behalf of a lot of people in addiction, it's not till we get to that point and say rock bottom. Mm -hmm. Because that's when God's allow, he will allow God to move. Because when you have a little bit of your own strength, you do it in that, in that strength, and you don't allow Him to move. It's not till we have nothing left that He can move, and it's it's a hard fact to swallow, but it's the truth, and that's what happened for me. Um, and and surrendering was just God. I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. So you knew that you could trust God <laughs> yeah. enough to surrender all of that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And is that through reading yeah through it? reading the word yep. through because because the rehab was obviously it was faith-based it mm. was christian surrounded and i'm so grateful for that i'm so glad i didn't end up in some mental ward or some clinic some government clinic that's you know just drugs you up and sedates you and it's mm. i don't want to go into that but it's horrible but I'm, I'm so glad i didn't need anything i was i'm not on any drugs now i'm on nothing i'm just on on a good bill of health from Jesus and good eating and just being healthy and fit, but... Mm -hmm. What have you learned about addiction? <laughs> um, Generally speaking, addiction. It's very real. 
it affects everyone on a different level. Mm. So everyone has some sort of addiction somewhere, mm. whether it's sugar, mm. whether it's even a form of exercise where you do it too much. We're always avoiding something by overcompensating by doing something else too much. Mm. And it's one extreme the other, you know. Um, one thing I learned about it is it's, it's relentless. It will take you down if you let it. But all I can say about it is there is freedom if you want it. You just gotta give yourself a chance. All I can say for anyone out there that's struggling, just reach out to anybody. And that's somebody to reach out to somebody else and eventually you'll, you, you will get somewhere where you need to be. Mm -hmm. You need to get desperate enough in yourself to crawl to the place where someone can give you the help. Whether it's involved in any sort of church, and I just say if there's a church around you, get there, crawl your way in the front door, it doesn't matter what state of mind you're in, if you're under the influence of drugs or alcohol, the church accepts anybody. And they need to, because that's when you're needed, that's when they're needed the most. When they're at their worst, we need to be there for them. Um, there is help there, and, I, and it is a bit of a sad fact that it's in the minority, and it's not easy to get the help you need. Um, there is a need for that. Mm -hmm. Just because when you're at your worst, you can't operate. You, you, you need literally the door open in front of you for you to get there. Because mm -hmm. when you're at your worst, you just you don't want to go there. But mm -hmm. you need to pretty much stumble in the door of a rehab yeah. and then you're okay. There needs to be that stepping stone. Yeah. But I just say there is help. But um, that's you, you yeah. can't do it on your own. Definitely not. No. And Jesus made us that way. He made us for unity. Um, come alongside each other. It keeps us keeps us safe. Mm. Um, the worst thing you can do is be on your own, because then you're only under under your own influence, mm. um, and and we know where that leads you. So, mm. yeah, you need to come alongside people that have been through it. Mm -hmm. um, say someone like me, or someone who's finally can testify to being in addiction, been saved by it, and is free from it now. Yeah. And, t and speak into their lives and give them some hope and come alongside them like you know be a mentor be a friend and that's all it's about and it's just being close to each other and keep in contact every day how you going because it only takes a second mm. and the devil's always spilling lies out and you've only got to entertain that lie for a little while and it wants to grow in you and it'll lead you astray especially when you're fresh out of addiction and you're fresh in sobriety and it's only a few days clean and sober you're very vulnerable yeah. and you need you need that nurturing, that close circle around you mm. um, to keep you safe for, for at least for the first six months to 12 months of your life when you're first coming out of it. Um, it's okay to, to, to be fully relied, relying on other people yeah. and don't be hard on yourself because a lot of us want to do it on our own, in our own strength and that's the way we are in nature but it's, it's not just, just surrender to, to the authorities, surrender to the ones that want to help you through rehab, uh, through a Christian-based rehab. Um, because it's it's so painful, but like I said before, it's short-term pain for long-term gain, and they're only there to help you. Mm. And um, that's what I'd tell anyone: is, is you just got to give yourself a chance and bite the bullet and just go in and go for it. Mm. Um, it, it and and you keep stuffing up, you'll stuff up, you'll relapse, you might get kicked out, but you know they always invite you back in. Um, and, and it's not about that. Like you're not condemned, and, and there's no condemnation in Christ. Like you just. You get back up and you fall forward and you try again and, and I'm, oh, that's how it happened for me. It definitely wasn't the first go. It took like so many goes. I just kept stuffing up. And, but eventually, eventually you, you will surrender and you'll give in. You'll get to a point where you just can't do it anymore. And you'll go through the pressing. You'll go through the tribulation. And it says in Romans 5, 
that from tribulation comes perseverance, from perseverance character, from character hope. Mm. And um, and that's a scripture I stand on. It's just helped me through a lot of it. And um, eventually, eventually you'll start to see the light at the end of the tunnel and you'll start to get set free and you'll go, hang on a minute. This is what it's all about. And then you get you grab onto that bit of hope and you go a bit further forward. So, yeah. Would you be open if somebody wanted to connect with you? Amen, yeah. Um, I believe I'm called to do that. Mm. And um, I, I, I get it. I get it. Um, mm. I had mentors in, in when I was out too through the anti-ice campaign and and stuff like that, and it helped a lot. Mm. Um, you know, because it's when you're not in a rehab, you know, you're in a safe place, and you got people around you, and and you know, you don't really necessarily need them. But when you're out in transition, say out of rehab, they call it transition, where you go into transition, and you have one foot in rehab, one foot in the world. So you sort of go out in the world, do your work, and and then you can come back home to the rehab. But once you're out of transition and you're out in the world completely, and, and you know, every temptation and everything that the world offers is right there. And that's when it comes, that's when it's seriously needed for you to have your buddy, your mentor, your friend, or someone who's been through it and, and, and you can trust and you can call at any time, middle of the night, no matter what, in any state, um, and, and, and speak into their lives. And it's only a phone call away. And, and that's the difference between picking up crack pipe or, or listening to your friend and, and you'll get through that so mm. anyone who needs it yeah I'm open to it I'm 100% open to it um, mm. if, if anyone needs help or wants to reach out or talk to me about it I I want to share my testimony with everyone because I know how deep and dark addiction is and um, and then there's freedom and there's peace and there's love and there's joy and then if you come to Jesus Christ man he's, he's got an eternal home for you and glory in heaven and um, there is hope for you. There is hope for anyone that's in addiction or in any sort of battle that is going on. Like, come to Jesus or let him come to you. Um, and however that looks for you, just pray and believe that he's hearing your prayers. And it starts from there. It's small, from small things, big things grow. Um, and, um, yeah. Thank you, Joe, for talking with me. <laughs> no worries. It's been good. I'm sure it'll help a lot of people. Oh, I hope so. It's been a pleasure, mate. <laughs> Wow, thank you, Joe, for sharing so openly and honestly. And that is exactly what we're about here at the Figuring Life Out Together podcast. We want to learn from each other's stories. So you feel free to check out some of our other episodes. That would be great. But if you want to get in touch with Joe, uh, like he offered there, please reach out to me via our website, haventogether.com, and I'll put you in touch. Otherwise, you might have a question or a comment. We love them here. Put that in the comments section. Uh, it'll be good to hear from you. Otherwise, I hope you can join us next time for the Figuring Life Out Together podcast.